And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me tonight, I have Christopher Minori. Hello to everybody. Hello. And before we get started, I think you wanted to try and plug a few things uh, before we actually got into this deep discussion of The Shining with, um, starring Jack Nicholson. Yeah, so I just want to say, uh, you know, my, my show, Texas Chainsaw Musical, just finished up in Cleveland at the Blank Canvas Theater. Uh, I think Saturday was the last show and sold out shows um, all over. Uh, also, um, if you are a writer, I'm part of a writer's group here in Boquete, Panama, which is where I live now. And uh, if you're interested and maybe talking to us about it, maybe actually joining the group, hit up uh, uh, org. So I guess that's it. Um, oh, and you know what else? I'm just uh, finishing um, uh, the first draft of a screenplay based on my Banished Demon series. So I'm hoping I got a little bit of interest in that. So hopefully uh, that'll take off. And if not, I'll get on here and pretend. Thank you. Thank you very You're much. Very oh, and the last thing I want to plug is that friggin' uh, intro you got. Wow, man. I feel like I've been busted on the news or something. <laughs> Holy shit. Thanks, man. I do appreciate it. I want to try and get this new vibe going where everybody will feel pumped up, excited to be listening to the podcast or watching the podcast at home. So this is my way of actually introducing some new uh, new music into this and everything. Also, too, I want to appreciate you taking the time out of your night to review this film, The Shining. But this is not going to be our normal, everyday type of review that we're doing for The Shining. We're doing like a deep dive into The Shining. We're doing a discussion basically from the book that I have over here mm-hmm. to the movie. And also, too, I also had some notes that I made specifically for this. And like I said, this is going to be a different way of reviewing it. This is just going to be a conversation between the two of us. And before we get started, let me go on ahead and say this, and everything is a disclaimer. If you have any issues with me mispronouncing names, or if you have any issues with me at all, (laughs) and everything, and you want to be a total ball bag, you're not going to be a ball bag on this show. Because if you're going to be a ball bag on this show, first strike, I'm putting you in timeout to where you can't respond for five minutes. Second strike. This is what I'm going to do. I'm banning you. So, therefore, you only have two strikes. This is not baseball. You don't get three strikes in life. So, you guess what? You only get two with me, and that's it. So, if you want to be a ball bag and everything, be a ball bag somewhere else. Be respectful towards me and my guests. But further ado, let's go on ahead and get into this discussion. So, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. It's a classic among many film fans. Also, too, it wasn't well-received in the 1980s as well, either. Um, But now, all of a sudden, it has this big call following it had a budget of 19 million dollars it made 47 million dollars uh back then but still overall it what didn't do so good and everything when it first came out and like i said it had this big huge cult following uh when the movie pretty much opens up we see jack at the overlook trying to get a job at the overlook and we can tell in the first five minutes of this film, he already looks crazy. He already has that little crazy smirk on his face and things like that. Total uh, Jack Nicholson. Matter of fact, I might actually just call it Jack Nicholism. Jack Nicholism. (laughs) But that's pretty much... Jack (laughs) Nicholism. That's awesome. (laughs) Because that's basically what he is. I mean, I can't sugarcoat it or whatever. His performance is basically him being crazy already. Stephen King even mentions the fact that 
uh, one of the most uh, missed characters ever put on film and has described the director's film as being very cold. Time appears to not yeah. have changed in his opinion at all either over the years. Uh, he goes, I think The Shining is a beautiful film and looks terrific, as I've said before. It's a big, beautiful Cadillac with no engine inside it. In that tense, when it opened, a lot of the reviews weren't very favorable and was one of those reviewers. I kept my mouth shut at the time, but I didn't care for it much, King said. So, well, it's yeah. interesting. You know, I wouldn't care for it either as an author. So King writes a, a screenplay. but And by the way, The Shining is my all-time favorite novel. It's probably the greatest American ghost story. Fans of Poe will probably argue with me, but you're wrong. It is one of the, probably the greatest um, uh, American ghost stories ever written. Um, screw you. Uh, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of who Stanley wrote, Kubrick. Um, Yes, yes. Uh, thank you. Um, so I love it. And King writes a uh, first draft on it, and he hands it in, and Kubrick winds up taking it over, and he takes a script, doesn't even read it, throws it out, and writes his own script. That is not The Shining. I don't know what he wrote. It's a bunch of disjointed scenes, some of them nice, most of them shit. Definitely. And I want to say this. The very beginning, it actually looks good because you have that elevator scene with the blood coming out of the elevator and things like that. And you're expecting something great. And then you wind up with the pile of cow dung at, at the very big at the towards the middle of the film and also at the yeah. beginning of the film. This movie's a giant mess. It doesn't know exactly what it wants to be in a sense yeah. because of the fact everything is misconjointed. And also, too, the thing that I really wish that they would have done was this. I wish that they would have had the slow pacing of the film like they did in uh, Dr. Sleep to have that slow mm -hmm. tension, to have the oh, introduction yeah. of Jack and right. have him at the bar. It doesn't have to be a flashback scene or anything like that, like in the book or anything like that. Just give us some mannerisms of him slowly becoming crazy rather than him already being crazy. Because if you look at that smirk at the very first five, not even five minutes of the film, whenever he's being introduced into the office and everything, you can tell that he's already there in the first five minutes. And it doesn't have no build to it. It doesn't have no tension. It doesn't have any way of letting go. And even the corruption that went on within the Overlook was an interesting story for them to go through. Even more of an interesting story for it to follow through with the ghost stories and things like that within the uh, Stanley Hotel, which I wish they would mm -hmm. capture. Well, it's not even, um, you know, not even, it's funny because Kubrick immediately in his first scene really, uh, when I watched it, I thought, wow, this is going to be amazing, right? It starts off with that that way big overhead shot of uh, a, a road, a winding road, and all of the... Mm -hmm. So, let's see. So, another thing that I want to mention is this. Um, let's see here. There's also the part we can tell, in the, like I said before, tell within the first five minutes that this man is crazy. The, and he also has the manager and how he doesn't care for the manager. Also, too, the manager's a very much of a douchebag in the, in the very first uh, five or ten minutes of this film setting up. And you can tell 
that he's actually a douchebag and stuff like that. And he's trying everything to basically just explain to Jack the origins of the hotel, the corruption a little bit of the hotel and things like that. But it doesn't give us enough meat to be able to digest it all the way through or to allow it to work. And it just falls flat. And here we go. Um, Win for trying, can we? So I'm running off hotspot now. Welcome to Panama. Uh, Our (laughs) internet went out. It always does that at the worst possible moment. And uh, so I'm running off my phone right now. Hopefully it seems like it's doing okay. We'll see how it goes. Um, Okay. So so go on in. I sound okay? Yeah, you sound perfect. Do I still turn you on? Do I look good? I don't know about the turning on part, but you you um, sound good. So I I was saying... uh, you know, there's that amazing scene, right? It's the winding road, and you see the, the forest on either side. And you don't see anything else, just the green and that one road and that beautiful music, right? That theme to the, the shining and the cars moving around the road, and it's it's great. You immediately see how isolated they are. Before they even get to the hotel, you can see how isolated they are. And then it, it all goes to crap, right? Like you said, then it switches to um, Nicholson in the office uh, with, gosh, what was his name? Olbert? Olman? I think it's Olman. And um, uh, it, it just, you're right. You can see he's crazy. And, and uh, you mentioned a bunch of things that were a problem, but, you know, the, the biggest problem is there's no character arc. Right. I mean, this no. is uh, this is is um, uh, his uh, uh, this is really about the father. Right. Um, in in the book, he starts off. He's um, he was a writer. He had a successful book out and or I don't know if it was successful, but very critically um, uh, approved Acclaimed. of. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, and then he gets deep into his alcoholism. And uh, at one point, he he uh, he walks in on his son, who is it has you know like a little kid will do, right? He's thrown, I think he's two or three. He's thrown all the papers and ink all over the the guy's new book, and the father grabs him and breaks his arm. And they they allude to that in this movie, but they don't ever show it. And then, uh, if you recall, he he beats the crap out of a student of his who doesn't like a grade he gets and and slices the guy's uh, tires. And um, it it they they skipped all that right. This, this job was his last shot, right? Everything else had fallen apart. He had a good friend who got him the job, and it's great. He's going to be there. He's going to be by himself. He's going to be able to write his novel and have the time to do that. And it just they didn't touch on any of that. He just came in. He's crazy. Already, you can see uh, later on, you know, we don't even know if he has beaten his wife at some point. He's just going off on her. And um, where's the character? You don't care about him from the start, right? And that is the story. It's the tragedy of this guy who gets one more shot, has quit drinking, gets one more shot, and the hotel steps in and just says, no, you're not getting this. And it, it seduces him. That's right. that's not this movie. No, it definitely isn't. It's a one, it's a cut and paste kind of thing. It's basically one note. There's no layers to them. It's paint by the numbers kind of uh, kind of thing, basically. And 
to be honest with you, I wanted to see the character arc of Jack Nicholson, of Jack, slowly getting to that point where he's like, look, I have a problem. I have an addiction. I need to get cleaned up. And then he also has a friend that he used to go out at the bars and everything. And then what changed him was him hitting somebody on the road or who they thought that they hit something or someone. And they're not sure, but either way it goes, they wind up leaving the scene of the accident. And that's what made his friend become sober while Jack is still battling his alcoholism. Right. And that's right. So I forgot I, about that. That's correct. Yeah. So I'm, I was hoping that they would actually give, gave us that on some level to uh, what his alcoholism actually is. And then also to him getting sober. And then after that, the hotel targets him and his, insecurities and his you know weakness into back into being addicted to alcohol i wanted to see that because everybody relapses everybody has their own demons that they're battling every single day Mm -hmm. it would be interesting to me as a storyteller as someone who's directing to target those areas and then use those areas against him to where he has now battle his demons again but in a different way to me, yeah. you would have your character off that way. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I don't know what Kubrick was thinking, you know, and from, uh, from what I read from King, um, his conversations with Kubrick was that Kubrick, I don't know, he like didn't believe in tragedy or something. Right. And, uh, he missed so many great opportunities to, instead he went with these cheap shots and I know everybody loves the blood coming out of the hotel elevator, but it's a cheap shot, right? It's not scary. First of all, it's beautiful to watch the the blood coming through, but in slow motion, but it, it's not scary. And it, I don't know. It doesn't really give you anything besides like, Hey, look at me, you know? Um, I just, uh, oh, it, it just annoys me. Um, you know, I mean, the guy's a caretaker. Let's just go into that. The guy is a caretaker of the hotel. And does he do anything in the movie to actually take care of the hotel? All we see him doing is, is, is writing and yelling at his wife and kid. And bouncing tennis balls, right? He's just playing with his balls, which I'm pretty and sure that's what Kubrick did too. <laughs> <laughs> well, every once in a while, you would see Jack in the boiler room doing the boiling system, and that's it. You didn't see him trimming the hedges like he was supposed to do in the book because he was trimming the hedges in the book. You didn't see him do any type of interaction when it came down to him actually being a caretaker. All you saw him do was struggling as an author, trying to write his story, and that was it. That's all they were mainly focused on. But at least with the miniseries from ABC, they focused oh, in Which on I love. Yes, yeah, the by the way, I was the love best. that. That is The Shining, is that right there, right? Um, I, I watched that again recently, and it's so good. I mean, it really hits at the heart of The Shining, and it shows you know, pretty much the book. I mean, it's pretty much the book and it's scary and it's sad to watch, uh, watch this guy just, just go down to the extent where he, he tries to kill his family. Right. Um, I don't even remember um, Nicholson being in the boiler room um, uh, at all. Maybe he was, uh, I don't recall that, 
But, okay. you know, it it was a major point in the book, right? Because in the end, that's how how um, the Overlook uh, dies and how Jack doesn't uh, get his family is um, that he forgets in his madness. He forgets to check the boiler, make sure it's not going uh, too hot. And it does, and it explodes, right? And the, the, the Overlook goes into, to, you know, burns up. And, uh, I mean, what was Kubrick thinking? You know, I mean, it just, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to be honest. And here it is. And I, I'm ready. But, you know, uh, some of my fans on, on my pages have already said they're, they're going to boycott me because I don't like The Shining, right? It's this huge <laughs> cult thing now. And I'm really going to give it to them, right? Big finger to them. Kubrick is not the director that everybody talks about. He is overrated. Um, his best film was probably um, uh, Dr. Strangelove. Um, even 2001, which I think a lot of people think of as, as one of his pinnacle films, as soon as it finishes with the apes, it just gets boring as hell, right? And I mean, that's 20 minutes into the film and, and we get an intermission. I got uh, to see that as a kid in theaters. Um, uh, they re-released it. So, and they actually had a, uh, an intermission, which I thought was cool when, when I was younger, cause it felt like, you know, one of the old, old, uh, movies and stuff where we, they would do that. But, um, it's boring. I don't care what anyone says that. Yeah. Again, it's pretty to look at. He is, uh, all visual, no substance, right? I mean, that's right. literally what he is. Every movie he has has some amazing scenes. It has a couple of really good parts, again, with the exception of, of Dr. Strangelove. Um, and, uh, and then it's boring through half of it, right? And then it releases, and because he's Stanley Kubrick, people are, oh, he's amazing. Look at his vision. His vision sucks. Okay, I, I can actually watch on Twitter people leaving me. <laughs> nah, <laughs> but all of them are subjective and everything. Just because we didn't enjoy The Shining or anything like that does not shouldn't take away from your enjoyment of that film or whatever. We're glad that you like it. We might question why you like it sometimes, but still, overall, uh, the other th- like I disagree. You should listen to us and stop liking that movie. <laughs> terrible. Just terrible. Stop liking it. Don't be one running with the pack. Don't listen to John. John's a nice guy. I'm a dick. It's a terrible movie. Well, anyways, um, but like I want to just go off of what you said though about the boiler room. Because remember, the hotel manager's telling, hey, look, you have to keep the um, temperature up to a certain level. <laughs> Otherwise, the hotel's going to burn up. And it's gonna, right. and so, that was the key element in the book. And this one, you, I, I'm not sure if there's even anything to do with the boiler system within this at all. All he's doing, like you said, bouncing the tennis ball. He's over there threatening Wendy, threatening his son Danny, abusing them. And also, too, mm-hmm. the, when, they, when the ghosts do come out and play with Jack and everything... It's not that threatening to me. It's not that menacing to me at all because of the fact, oh, I'm going to tease you with your alcoholism, but you don't show us anything leading up before the alcoholism and stuff. And I understand the book is always uh, better than the movie when it comes to Stephen King, baby. I I really do, Brandy. Um, But when it comes down to the context of it, 
they need to give us a little bit more. I know it's the 80s. I know that it's pretty much one-dimensional whenever it comes down to storytelling in some aspects in the 80s or whatever. But when you look at this as a whole, there's not that slow tension. There's not that slow buildup. They don't give us enough meat to be able to digest no. at all. And it becomes a paint-by-the-numbers kind of film. Oh, look at the scenery right here. Yeah. But I'm going to distract you with the scenery while we screw something else up within the film itself. And no, I mean, Friday to... the 13th had more <laughs> of a story. And I'm serious, right? The first one had more of a story than The Shining did. And and that's like a crime. Kubrick should have been arrested for this thing. <laughs> it was a crime. It's interesting. If I just, and I don't know if you plan to talk about it later, but I just want to drop into Dr. Sleep a little bit, which. Well, yeah, we're going to get into that in a few minutes. Yeah, we're going to oh, get into Dr. Do Sleep. It. Okay, because there's a. Uh, because There's, uh, an interesting thing about the boiler in that one, which is just it's it's weird. They do a better job at doing the boiler compared to what they did in The Shining. To me, they do because of the fact that at least we're getting elements from The Shining that we got that they should have put into from Doctor Sleep that they should have went on ahead and put into The Shining. So right, I appreciate right. the, well, the Shining. To me, Doctor Sleep is a better film as far as sequel, as far as. A Stanley Kubrick, keeping it a Stanley Kubrick film, but also allowing the director to do its own his own thing, and that's right. and you can tell that it's cut at the very beginning. It's a Stanley Kubrick movie, then later on it cuts into being the director's movie, the direct the movie that he wants to direct. But you know, the thing that I really wish they would actually captured was the corruption, like I said, in the hotel when Jack is inside the attic digging through all the paperwork finding out stuff, oh, yeah. and that's where he was going to base yeah. his book off of. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah, he decided to, he switched from what he was writing to um, to a book about the Overlook. Which would have been a much better story with them doing it in that way, and then also, too, keeping up with the boiler system, and then you can have the confrontation with Wendy and Danny, and stuff okay. like that. And like, there's no me here. And then also, too, um, I, I wanted to see more with the animals and the shape of the animals like they had in the ABC miniseries right. where he's doing oh, the caretaking yeah. and then you see the animals, you know, you see the those animals right. move and this one you don't see them moving. They're just standing still. They were more like characters in the book and also on the ABC show versus in the right. movie where it just becomes like a scenery attraction and that's it. And you don't really get to right. see anything going on when they did so much so more. You know, I get, right, and I'm, I'm going to be fair to them on this one. I get they didn't have the effects to do what they did in the miniseries. But at the same time, you know, if they had just even shown them, like, I don't know, anybody who watches Doctor Who, and <laughs> I take every opportunity to bring this up, Doctor Who, I love it, but the Weeping Angels, right, as soon as you, they, they're stiff, and as soon as you turn away, they move, right? Right. And... They could have just done that, right? They didn't even have to ever show them move. In fact, I almost don't like that they do show them move in uh, in in the miniseries. It's one of the very few things I don't like about it. They could have just like seen, you know, Danny starting to walk and then turn around, and the lion has moved a little bit. And when he turns around again, he's moved more and gotten closer, and never show them move. And maybe they could have used stop rustling motion. sound. Right, they could have used stop. They don't even have to do that, right? Like, I feel like seeing them actually move 
takes away from it. Because in the book, he never sees them move, right? And I remember, man, one of the things that scared the crap out of me in that is Danny's walking and he hears the sound of a clump of snow drop, you know? And he turns around and it's obviously that the lion, and there's some other things too. I think there's a rabbit and whatever. But the, the lion is what I remember. The lion has moved a little bit and now the snow that was covered on it has dropped to the ground. I mean, that's a terrifying scene, right? I almost feel like showing them moving takes away from it. And so Kubrick could have made, without having to do any of the effects and stuff, just done that. And right. instead, he comes up with this maze thing. I love the, um, the uh, of course, we originally called this the Shinning um, review. And I love the, the Simpsons thing where uh, Bart just you know, goes right through with a hedge trimmer, just trims holes and just goes right through, right? And doesn't even worry about the uh, about the, the maze. It's just, I don't know, it's not well-conceived. It's dumb. It's not scary. And that is the problem with this movie. It's simply not scary. That I agree with you. This is not vodka, by the way, but I kind of wish it was. Um, well, let's talk before we go to Dr. Sleep, let's talk about what really is wrong. And, and in my mind, the very first thing is that almost with the exception of Scatman Crothers and some of the very, very, um, uh, bit parts, everyone's miscast in this, right? Jack Nicholson, wrong guy to put in this. He, he comes off crazy, and he's not likable, right? Um, right. He hadn't well, done a whole lot before this um, since uh, since um, One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest, which we talked about last time. Right. And uh, But even that guy, McMurphy, was likable, right? I mean, despite his craziness and his meanness at times and violence, he was a likable character. But Jack's not likable in this, right? We don't give a crap what happens to him. You know, as I said, crap instead of shit, because right. I'm, I'm trying to make this a family show. I understand. But you already said dick already. So, we... <laughs> so... but speaking of which, we're going to talk about some balls in a minute. But <laughs> and, but before we get into that part, um, the thing that I... <laughs> The, the thing that I really want to touch on it also doesn't come out right either. But the thing that I really made you want to know, touch on some balls is that we're going to do. This show has gone downhill so okay, quickly. So, okay, so that's it. We're doing it. So, guys, guess what? So, if you guys want to save on manscaping, if you're having some problems with downstairs area, it's getting a little too hairy. If you're feeling like Jack is just a dull boy downstairs and you need something to shave with, go on ahead and get yourself a manscape. You get 20% off using the promo code MovieLovesUnite. And you get this. You go on ahead and get free shipping and handling. This offer doesn't help. Uh, this offer, you won't get this anywhere else but here at Movie Loves Unite. Also, too, as well. Your wife will thank you. Your balls will thank you. But most importantly is this. Support from movie uh, for Movie Lovers Unite is brought to you by Manscaped. 
who is the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers perfection, engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0 join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Movie Loves Unite at manscaped.com. Now, Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer, that jack that makes shaving time his best time and his favorite time in the bathroom. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance. That's right. The performance level is just beyond anything that you want to do. You thought he was doing some landscaping over there at the Stanley Hotel? Forget that. You want to go on ahead and manscape down below because it's the perfect design on the below-the-waist grooming that you never get anywhere else. And the craftsmanship and detail of the 4.0 or next level. Do you want to know what the next level is of this, Chris? Do you really want to know? Oh, I'm dying. Tell me. Uh, okay. The Manscaped Engineering is the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent and functionality in an incredible, comfortable grooming experience. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge somatic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the era advanced skin safe technology. Now, and get this, now I feel comfortable shaving my boys because you want your boys to be the next level. So guess what? You have to get the next level stuff, which is the lawnmower, lawnmower 4.0 manscape for your landscaping uh, procedures. So that's what I recommend. And guess what? You don't want to go in and nick your boys. I had that one time happen to me. I hated that thing really bad. It's like shaving with a rusty knife or a rusty uh, trimmer. You don't want that. No, you don't want to be in the emergency room or anything like that. No, you don't want to be in an emergency room. And after explaining to the doctor, look, I got Nick shaving my boys with the wrong trimmer. No, go in and get yourself a, a lawnmower 4.0 and get this. The upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on and off switch that can engage the travel lock. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000 LED spotlight on and off when needed uh, to use for a more precise shave. It's always good because here's the thing. You never knew that you had here below uh, all those hard to reach places until you start shaving. And believe me, you don't want to come out looking like that you came off of one of those landscapes off of the shining. So the lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard links with sizes one through four. Did I mention, did I mention wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length uh, last longer. Men, if you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth. No, you don't want to leave your woman disappointed with pubes in their mouth. No, you want to go and have a nice, have a nice smooth surface to where it's like, damn, that looks good. It's time to get your own ball here and body trimmer with the Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice, smooth boys. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code MovieLovesUnite at Manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you and your women will thank you too. And no shaving makes uh, Jack a dull boy. <laughs> I just want to say that's the best segue I think I have ever heard. I wish if Johnny Carson had done this, he would have been much bigger. Right? <laughs> I think no, so that's too. That's a great – I just want to say I use it. I've had um, your uh, – uh, I actually carved your initials into it. Um, just because that's how how <laughs> much I love you. I I'm just kidding. I just do a little racing stripe. So with that being, guys, uh, let's go on ahead and get on with um Doctor Sleep. Now we'll talk about Doctor Sleep and the appreciation right. that we have for that film. So 
Uh, what did you love about Doctor Sleep? Well, so let me let me get back to what I was trying to say before before you so rudely interrupted me and told me, "Well, Sorry, we'll do that later." Hey, uh, hey, it's tra- your show. You do it hey. your way. Let's do everything you want to do. All right. So, um, what uh, what was what was interesting is The Shining, as we mentioned, does really nothing with the boiler. And um, I was really surprised to find out that I had read Dr. Sleep as well. I'm a huge King fan, right? I really am. He's one of my very, very favorite um, uh, novelists and especially his short stories. Nobody does a short story better than King. And um, uh, so I was very surprised to find out that Dr. Sleep was actually a sequel to The Shining, right? I mean, a direct sequel to The Shining because... The Shining is not really The Shining, right? And so The Shining does nothing about the boiler stuff. And then there's this, wow, there's this really um, uh, powerful scene where um, uh, the the girl, and I can't think of her name right now, but she goes, um, well, to the hotel people, well, there's something, or to the... uh, uh, the uh, uh, the bad guys, let's say, and she says, "There's something you haven't thought about." He uh, he he touched the boy where he did something with the boy where he ignored the boy with something like that, right? And so, it, if you remember the book, it's very powerful. But if you only saw the movie, which I think probably a lot of people did, it doesn't really it it loses its power because all of a sudden we're talking about this major boiler thing that didn't didn't happen in in the previous movie Uh, it's just it's kind of interesting the way it it tries to tie back to the movie instead of just tying back to the book right or even tying back to the uh to the um, uh, miniseries so i like dr sleep i thought it was great um i love the book and i love the movie um um it, it they did a really good job there are some very scary scenes there and the the girl who plays uh uh what is it something the hat i don't remember rose what the hat rose is the, rose is the, the hat. bad guy yeah 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 and, and she was the top bad guy and um and she was really good right i mean she just really played her part well and uh um, of course, Obi Wan. There, I'm, all these names. Uh, what is it? Uh, Evan, even Ethan McGregor. I don't know. McGregor. Uh, yeah, thank you, Ewan. Uh, Ewan, Ewan McGregor. Right, he's fantastic in it. Right, really good. And there's so many good character actors in that. And um, and and I think they really hit the story right. You know, and uh, I guess you could say, if you remember back in the 80s and maybe even the 90s, um, Stephen King movies just didn't do well, really, until um, uh, Rob Reiner right, took over the Shawshank Redemption. And then Mick Garris, uh, probably a lot of people don't know him. He's an in, uh, independent director, but he did a, a fair amount of Stephen King movies. And finally, this guy got it. And... Um, and started making them good. So, you know, and ever since then, I think the movies got better and better. But, you know, The Shining came out in that period where just nobody could really interpret King to, uh, uh, except George Romero, right, in Creepshow, um, which wasn't even based on a book. So, but, yeah, I, I, it's so much better, so much better. Definitely so much better. Also, too, I just want to point out, the reason why I love The Shining, the book, so much is because it's about sacrificing yourself to protect mm-hmm. your son. 
and the yeah. Stanley Hotel actually does blow up in in the book because right. of the fact that Jack right. is trying to protect. So let's his call son. it. Let's call it the Overlook, right? Stanley the is over- where they filmed right. it. The, but overlook. the Overlook. I don't know. It has even a scary name, the Overlook, the right? To me, yeah, right. And so basically, now Danny is older. He survived all that ordeal and everything. He's dealing with PTSD, also dealing with the damage that his dad had left over and the scars that he left over, also making him fall into alcoholism. This is basically the story that we wanted with Jack, but we're getting to with Danny instead. And I feel like they're doing this thing where they're redeeming the Stanley Kubrick film in a sense, but also to telling their own story of what they need to tell with the sequel to The Shining. And they do it perfectly well. It's perfectly well balanced. You have, of course, uh, Rose the Hat in this movie, which she is a bad, bad villain, to be honest. She's yeah. killing people and stealing other people's shine. She's killing children. Yeah. Right? She's killing, killing and torturing children because the steam is better when, when they're in pain. Um, that scene where the kid is like, "Is this, are you going to hurt me? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. Because then it's better for me, basically, is what she says. And uh, it's a terrifying scene, isn't it? It is a terrifying scene. Also, too, we also get to see the ghost of boat of the guy from the original Overlook, the caretaker from there. Grady. As well, yep, we get to see Grady. But also, too, uh, there's also the black guy that Danny calls. And he actually Power sees. And, yeah. Yep, we actually get to see his Power. ghost and everything. And he's sitting down with Danny at a young age. He's telling him, soon you're going to be the one to teach somebody else to shine. And then he looks at right. him and goes, I don't want to teach anybody to shine. He goes, there's going to be another one like you. You need to go ahead and come to the realization that there's someone else that's going to be like you that needs your help. And I love that. I I love that whole entire scene. And I I know we're we're talking about Dr. Sleep now, but I'm going to pull us back over to, to Kubrick Shining because the absolute, I think you know where I'm going with this, the absolute worst thing that happens in that movie is that Dick Howard right, who has this amazing shining ability, sees it in Danny and helps him understand it a little bit. We sp- He goes to Florida. We spend, and by the way, this is laughter of, of rage. And uh, he, he, we spend so much of the film watching him get back to the hotel. He's there for two minutes and gets hit in the back by, uh, by, by, uh, by Torrance, right? By Jack. And you just like, it, it's not believable. It doesn't make sense. It makes me angry. And first of all, I love Scatman Crothers. Anybody who kills him, ooh, they should think otherwise. But it just makes no sense. He was one of the heroes in the book, right? He helped them escape. And uh, and even if you're going to kill him, and I probably wouldn't have been furious if, if Kubrick had done this, but what was the point in showing, you know, 10 minutes of him traveling uh in various states and up a snowy mountain to get to them and then he just dies what is the point and why doesn't he even know it right i mean why doesn't he know this is going to happen it just god it's so infuriating and and honestly i think that is probably the worst thing in in kubrick shining is is that maybe it's because i love dick howard so much in in the book they go through a lot of um uh background uh, about him in the in the war 
and how he saved all of um, uh, all of uh, his fellow soldiers from a, a fire because they're shining. And in it, the book it, they actually uh, reflect back to uh, Dick Howard again for a couple for a page or so. That that was very cool to to uh, go back and see him. It makes no damn sense, right? It no. really doesn't. And I. <clears throat> I just don't know where Kubrick's head was at. I really don't. I don't either, because here's the thing. You would think that Dick would know that something's going on in the hotel and something is up, and he would take his time going into the building rather than just showing up at the front door. He would take his time going into the hotel, checking everything around him, checking his surroundings. He wouldn't just blindly just go into the hotel like he did. Or anything like and that. hollering and, out, right? Like, hey, is anybody here? Are you all okay? <laughs> right. What the fuck, man? Exactly. He he would have actually heard Jet Nicholson's uh, voice or something. There was no, and there's no way of them saying, "Hey, Jack is blocking his voice from here for being for Dick to hear him or anything to actually replicate that to make him die." And he was actually underutilized as a character and as an actor yeah. as well. Because they could have had so much there for the second film. Oh, absolutely. Even... And he was the only person cast correctly, wasn't he? Um, you know, Nicholson, we already said, he he's he was he he was crap. Um and uh Shelly Duval, who I love, right? I mean, nobody could play olive oil the way she did. That was the part she was born to play, and I love that movie. But in this, Wendy's supposed to be this strong woman who fights back against Jack to protect her son. And and that's not what this is. She's a blubbering fool, right? Um, and then Danny, oh my, da, 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 right? Yeah. I mean, the, the friggin' voice is... I, I remember, uh, again, a scene in the book where, um, you know, Dick had said to Danny, if you need me, call out. I'll hear you. And Dick, he used to smell oranges when, when uh, The Shining was coming on, right? And he starts to smell oranges, and all of a sudden he just hears, because Danny's so powerful, right? Here's this booming voice from Danny. Dick, come now, come quick, to the point where his nose just explodes in blood, right? It's almost like he's having a stroke. Powerful, powerful scene. Where was that? Nowhere. Nowhere. And the, to me, the oranges told a background and the sensibility of what the shine is of him getting the sh of him having a shine. And it doesn't do any it doesn't even do anything inside this story at all with the shining. But yeah. in the second film, though, is something that I really liked was it shows Danny and his mother and then also to his mother dying and then him seeing the ghost from uh, from that room of. Uh, I think right. four four twenty six. I think is no four thirty seven. Uh, no, it was. It was four thirty seven. Two thirty seven. I think it was two thirty seven. Okay, so I like the fact that Danny is scared of even going to the use the bathroom, and then he winds up putting that ghost in his box in his head mm -hmm. to use for later yeah. on. And I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be one of those things where it's a battle of the mind. Mm -hmm. And psych this is going to be more of a psycholo psychological thriller horror film, which is something that I really loved about yeah. uh, Doctor Sleep. And it's also a slow build. If, and matter of fact, I saw this in the movie theaters, and I wish that more people went and saw this movie. But 
I love the slow tension. I like the slow burn. And then once that tension is released, it's released. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, no, it's very good. I will say it's a little bit long, right? They could have they could have stood some editing. I don't think it needed to be quite as long as it need as it was. But it's a really small complaint, right? I mean, in general, it's a really good movie, and it has some very powerful scenes. That scene where he suddenly unlocks all the boxes to attack Rose the Hat, right? Wow, that's 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 powerful, man. That um, was, and then also too, so, even the little girl though. When she closes, when Ro- oh. she's in, she's up in uh, the little girl's head, Rosa has in her head, and then mm-hmm. she winds up looking through the filing cabinet, and then all of a sudden, right. the girl winds up closing the filing cabinet on her uh, on Rosa's uh, arm, and then the repercussions oh. after that. I'm like, ooh, Pulls that hand out. Oh, that yeah. that made me. I mean, it that that was actually a cool scene. I really no, like that. We scene. should take a minute to say how amazing an actress this young this young girl was. I mean, holy cow, she was good, right? You you go to Danny, and I guess she's kind of the 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 uh, version of Danny in this film. And wow, you know, as terrible as he was, and maybe he was good, maybe it was just Kubrick's direction, but she, this actress, and I don't think she did much after that. I think she might have done one or two other things, but holy cow, she was great. She really should have done a lot more stuff after that. <coughs> yeah, Rebecca Ferguson played the... Um, yeah, Rebecca Ferguson's the one who played Rose the Hat, and she's she's actually played in a couple of movies. Actually, she's in a new movie... Uh, you know what she played lady jessica in dune recently oh really i did start to watch that so yeah she played lady jessica in dune her performance is really good in dune as well but but you know i liked also too how they managed to get the alcoholism right for danny how he managed to make a friend in that little small town and trying to do right. right and then because of unseen circumstances now he has to go ahead and teach the shine to somebody else and trying yeah. to teach her with what it is and everything. I loved it. I love this film so much Yeah, and everything. I actually own the book of Dr. <laughs> Sleep and also own the director's cut of Dr. Sleep as well. And yeah. also own the yeah, shine. I didn't know there was a director's cut. Yeah. There's actually a director's cut of Dr. Sleep. I haven't watched the director's cut yet, but it might be some, one of those things I might have to review. Well, here's an interesting thing, um, since we're talking director's cuts. Um, So Kubrick, you know, there's three versions of The Shining out there. Um, Really? uh, Yes. So there was the first one that was released to theaters. And within a couple weeks, Kubrick's like, oh, my God, the critics are just trashing this thing. He pulled the film, uh, recut it, and put it back out. And um, and then later on, there was something where they added some more footage and stuff. And so a lot of pe- and that's the one that most people see now. Right. That's that's the one that's pretty much out there is the longer version. And um, a lot of people think that's a director's cut, but it's not that second film that he uh, cut in between the two other versions. That's as far as Kubrick was concerned, that was the uh, that was the director's cut. And yet I don't even know if that one's available any anywhere. So it's just just an interesting story. 
Right. That reminds me of the Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. There's mm -hmm. different cuts of that film, and it was only sold at that time on VHS, and you can only get that at certain cons at that time. Mm -hmm. And now they don't, now you can't even get that anywhere. Right, right. So I had no idea that there was another cut of The Shining or anything like that either, to yeah, be honest. There's three of them. I didn't even know. I thought it was only just yeah. one cut and that was it which is the cut that we got. Well, that's why he brought me on the show to put right. out interesting facts like that. Exactly. <laughs> other than manscaping, but still... other than manscaping, I'm going to manscape my face to start and going for a, a steam steampunk look that I shall manscape. I, 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 that is honestly the best commercial I have ever heard. What a product! Uh, that's You're very a, welcome. I really would like to see a product placement with you, right? Okay. <laughs> Just show you. You know, I, I mean, if I don't see you using it, I don't know. I'm right? not. I got to see it going. I did do an know. unboxing of the Manscaped Carbon on the YouTube glue. channel. Did you really? Okay, yeah. I got to look that one up. That is yeah. awesome. I love these guys. I absolutely love them. Now they they're fantastic. Your commercial you was amazing. Yeah, they even have a weed whacker too. For <laughs> what? For hippies? For old hippies? Basically, they got a weed like a, whacker. It's for your nose. They're calling it a weed whacker. And they also oh have deodorant for your balls. I forgot about that too. They have deodorant for your balls as well. So, and they really? also gave me a T-shirt and boxes. What does it smell like? It, it's interesting. They have deodorant for your balls. It, it, they made it smell like vagina. I, I don't know. It's weird. It's very odd. Very odd. So it was a, an interesting way to go. Right. Are they going to drop you now that we've had these conversations? I don't think so. I think we're going to be good because I've seen where the, this is why I wanted to do manscaping, to be honest with you. I like doing funny bits to make people laugh. Yeah. And I've been using more creative ways of actually doing it. So, and get this, my fiance Brandy, she's like, you're not going to wear that shirt, are you? I said, hell yeah, I am. <laughs> because I'm they the got guy. shirts? Oh, you got to yeah. get me a shirt. Uh, 2X. <laughs> I need a 2X shirt of <laughs> well, use the promo code. I will we'll wear it and advertise it everywhere. <laughs> Let me say this. If they filmed you, well, I guess you filmed you, and, and right. made a commercial in that, it would still be fucking better than The Shining. Right, exactly. Not even the. Sh I think the Ghost in the Shining would be proud to actually wear a Manscaped shirt over they being in Stanley would, Kubrick's right. movie. Right. But even on the back of the shirt, it says, "Your balls will thank you." <laughs> so, yeah. Oh I my god, I love it. <laughs> These guys are great. I gotta, I gotta get them to start uh, uh, sponsoring me. Jesus Christ, that's a bad. I'm not even a doing anything right now but writing a script right? right sponsor me anyway sponsor my facebook page so that i can i can do a manscaping commercials but uh well this is the shining and dr sleep featuring a manscaped uh promo so <laughs> but... i forgot we were talking about the shining that's right right all right but we have to talk about the shining yeah but um, I think we wanted to also talk about the fact that you were trying to give away um, a certain oh, album. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to let you take that one away. Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, we've got a soundtrack to, to the Texas Chainsaw Musical, play that myself. And uh, uh, I had a partner on that one, Corey Bidoff. And um, 
Uh, it's done really well. Uh, it just finished a three-week run over in Cleveland, Ohio, which might not sound impressive, but a lot of people don't know. Cleveland, Ohio is the second largest uh, theater district in the country. So take that, right? It's it's Broadway and then Cleveland, Ohio. But um, uh, yeah, so it did great. It sold out all kinds of shows and to say thanks and uh, to try to avoid the hate mail for my hatred of, of The Shining, of this classic. Um, I'd love to give the uh, soundtrack away to people. Now, how how you want to do that, um, you know, i okay. tell you what. I'm on Facebook, uh, Christopher Minori, and if you private message me with an email address, I will send you a link to the soundtrack for free. So yep. it's pretty damn good. I have to say, I listened to a couple of tracks myself. The soundtrack is really good. I had Christopher on here, what, a couple of months back doing an interview with him. You can catch that on our YouTube channel. You can just scroll through all the giants. And matter of fact, I think it might be in the awesome interview section of our YouTube channel. Wow. So- <laughs> the awesome interview section. <laughs> so you're actually in the awesome interview section of the YouTube channel. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. So that's where you can go on ahead and find his interview and many other <laughs> interviews that we do. Um, speaking of which, I know that we covered everything that we wanted to talk about with The Shining and, mm-hmm. you know, Dr. Sleep, but I just want to point out this. I actually do have the casting director, former casting director turned um, life coach coming on the show on 1123 of 2021. And matter of fact, he was actually the casting on... director of what? The Shining? No, The Shawshank Redemption. Wow, really? Yeah. Now that was a good King film. Yes. So he's going to be on at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time on the 23rd of November. So I'm excited about that. And there's not going to be... And there's not going to be any manscaping involved with that interview. It's going to be manscape free for that interview. So (laughs) You don't think the casting director of the Shawshank Redemption is... Wants to listen to your your manscaping spiel? I don't think so. I don't. He doesn't sound cool at all. Or she? Is it a she? Is it a she? It's a guy. guy. It is a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Wow. That's uh. That's that's uh. That's really cool. I'm definitely gonna tune into that. I I uh. I love that movie. I really. I do do too. I really do. I might have you back on here again to review um Shawshank Redemption before I interview him. Yeah, I would love that. So, all right. I love doing your show, mate. Thanks. Appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> see, Brandy Mullins uh, says, so after manscaping, it's shining. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I get, that is true. Okay. Who, who was that? What was her name? Brandy Mullins. Brandy Mullins. Hit me up. Private message me on, uh, on Facebook because you absolutely deserve a copy of my show it's a, they do manscaping there too but they do it with chainsaws so it's it's <laughs> yeah. not quite as <laughs> you can't do quite the designs right no can't do quite the designs but you can just use your manscaper look at that that's look awesome. at that beauty right yeah. there yeah oh that's great <laughs> and I, then... I want one of those can you can you get me one but I'm cheap. Well, I mean, can you just get me one? Well, if you want one on cheap, it's going to be dull, Chris. It's, if you want cheap, you're going to see a guy with a trench coat on. 
and everything. I wouldn't advise that. I would go on ahead and use my promo code Movie Lovers uh, Tonight and get 20% off free shipping and handling. They give me a little travel bag. They also gave me boxers and stuff like that. It's a fantastic product. I tried it out myself. I tried it out myself and everything. It's They're great. For what you get awesome. and everything, it's fantastic. All right. I know it's TMI, but what design are you using? Are are you you doing a portrait? Are are you uh, you got a portrait of the the lady on there? I'm actually are you doing, doing a racing little, stripe. No, I'm doing like the thunderbolt. I'm doing like a thunderbolt. On oh my, yeah, yeah. No, that's classy. Because that's I like classy. to bring the thunder. Okay, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> no, no, I I should have even taken us there, but I do need to know. It's a uh, uh, no taint p- uh, pinch, right? <laughs> it doesn't pinch the boys. Run it up and down the taint. Doesn't doesn't pinch it. This thing has dropped so far. <laughs> I don't even know why you invite me on this show anymore. <laughs> because I, this is why I need to have you, so that way we can. <laughs> but um, I do have a couple of teasers. Uh, not the teasers for the manscape, but I do have a couple of videos of me and the um director of the acting director doing a couple of teasers for the interview so you guys can check that out also on the youtube channel and <laughs> laughing my ass off that's what he said that's what he oh said. my god <laughs> to make that can you <laughs> Oh, this is the best. Don't you love her? You know, I used to live yep. next door to Tamika and her yeah, wonderful father. I hope he's doing well. I know he was uh, feeling sick, um, but uh, she's awesome. I love her. And, and her Tamika's show is fantastic. pretty damn good, too. The Her uh, Blurred cast. Yeah, two Blurred Girls podcast. She, yeah. she does. A, her and Tamara are both perfect together. I want to oh, say that. Man, the, I saw their show the other day. It was fantastic. It is. It definitely is. So... With that being said, Chris, where can everybody follow you at? So, you know, I'm I'm on Facebook, right? Uh, Christopher Minori. I'm on um, uh, Instagram and also uh, uh, Twitter under CT Minori. And um, I uh, my my webpage is minorjoystudios.com. Uh, M-I-N-O-R-J-O-Y Studios with an S dot com. <laughs> And, uh, you know, look, uh, you can contact me at any of those places. I'm real happy to reach out. Um, I really look forward, not just to fans. Let me tell you real quick, if we got a minute. Yeah. I've met a fan here in Panama, of all places. And not only that, she's not an expat. She was Panamanian. She was a, I think she's one of the biggest fans I have. She was so excited. And uh, it just blew my mind, right? But I, I just awesome. said that to, to make me sound cool. Um, Dude, I, I don't, I'm not, awesome. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you. I thought it was really neat. I'm not just looking for fans to reach out. Although of course I want that. Um, but you know, if you're an author, if you're a starting author or even someone who's been doing it and you want to know about uh, self-publishing, which is so much better than traditional publishing, it's nothing to be ashamed of as some people think it is. Uh, and you just want to know how to move on or how to, you just want someone to take a quick read of your work and just let me know, man, I'm happy to do that. Um, I just, I, I think supporting writers, you know, uh, is, is so important. There's so many uh, uh, talented people out there who just uh, haven't really gotten a chance and, and I'm always happy to help them. So, you know, reach out to me um, through any of those mediums. Real happy to do it. 
That's awesome, man. I I have to say, you do a fantastic job of trying to help other writers and everything. So definitely reach out to Chris. Chris will review your work and everything. And so go on ahead, do that. Follow him on all social medias. Of course, guys, go on ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unite on Facebook, underneath the same name on on Instagram as well, and on Pinterest at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite. Of course, guys, speaking of Tamika, her and our podcast, Two Blur Girls and Movie Lovers Unite, are teamed up with Cincy. And you can actually go on ahead, get yourself a Cincy, and all proceeds go to the Children of St. Jude's Children's Hospital. <laughs> So go on ahead, get yourself a Sensi. It goes for a good cause. Also, too, you guys can go on ahead, get an audio only a podcast episode of our show, wherever you guys get your podcast at. And then also, too, on Good Pods as well. It's like social media, but it's for podcasters or someone that loves listening to podcasts and things like that. You can rate individual shows, tell us what you think of those shows and everything on Good Pods. It also helps us out with the ranking list. Also, too, you can also go on Apple Podcasts, rate us over there. It helps people find our show. So if you rank us, it helps people us with the rankings, but it also helps people find our show. Another thing, too, is you guys can go on ahead if you're a sponsor or would like to be on the show. All you have to do is reach out to me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. Of course, you guys, I also am on TikTok as well. I do some promotional stuff on, on TikTok as well. And you can always go ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit Zero. And then, of course, on Twitter as well, Movie Lovers Unit over there. That's everywhere that you guys can go ahead and follow me at. And thank you, Brandy Mullins. Thank you to our daughter, Nessa. Thank you um, to my fiance, Brandy. And thank you to Mika for keeping the live chat active tonight. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you, of course, Chris, for joining me. I do appreciate it. You taking the time out of your night to talk about manscaping and also to, to talk about the shining. And <laughs> Are we talking about the sleep. shining? I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, I thought so. But anyways, guys, that's going to do it for the show and everything. Also, too, don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe button, and all that other good stuff on the bottom right-hand side of the corner. Also, too, there's a bell to allow you guys to know when we have something new coming up. So smash that bell. Also, too, we just dropped a trailer reaction to Morbius. So go in and check out our trailer reaction mm -hmm. for that. We do appreciate that. And always until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. Can't wait to do this again. And bye-bye. <laughs>